I do look at the roster and what we have in the coaching staff. We should win games. We have to perform, though. We're going to hold ourselves to a high standard no matter what happens. You know, defense is going to do what they do. And last time I heard, they can't win if they don't score points. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Your chance to get an in-depth preview of the week ahead in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. The only show dedicated to Cleveland sports in the morning. The Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima. Weekday mornings starting at 6. When there's news that affects the Cleveland football fan, Daryl Ryder is on top of every headline. Listen for his reports all season long on the station with the most local sports talk in town. 92.3 The Fan. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Back home and right on time for your Cleveland Browns as they get set to head back to First Energy Stadium for a Saturday afternoon matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. Good evening, friends. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. It is the Cleveland Browns preview show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Gerard, good evening, my friend. Good evening, Kenneth. Wonderful to see you. Wonderful to hear you. Away we go with four downs. First down. All right, first things first. Not a great day down in the Queen City. Browns lose to the Cincinnati Bengals 23-10. All three phases had issues. What were the issues that you saw from the sidelines on Sunday? Well, really the major thing that I felt caused a cataclysmic shift in the football game and where the Browns were headed was to play on special teams in which you have a, a missed block punt and you end up running into the actual punter and the end result of that just put the defense as well as the offense in a bind in that the defense, after that play, you can't get off the field. You just were about to get off the field. And now you find yourself in a situation where you're down seven points because you're gifting them with penalties in the form of moving down the football field towards the end zone. So ultimately, Ken, things like lacking discipline, things like not doing the proper technique and getting in the wrong penalty at the wrong time, cost this football team early on because I am of a strong belief based upon my vantage point of being on the sideline that we were giving the Bengals more they wanted to handle and could chew but we ultimately bailed them out and put them in a position where they were finally able to succeed get some points and move ahead the game was still in reach even in the third quarter and then things got away even in the fourth quarter really they decided to go the Bengals decided to go big fly with, with Jamar Chase, and it almost proved disastrous. Browns were able to go down the field and get things going as well. But the Browns lose down in Cincinnati, but it takes us to second down. Second down. Sean Watson, growing pains are real. What did you like in his progression from week one to week two, Gerard? I definitely saw a progression, Ken, and I saw it where it matters more so in the long term. You won't see it on the short term because obviously it's a short sample size. The season's winding down with four games left, and he's basically playing preseason game number two against guys who are in season. Not midseason, but season form. But what I saw was confidence. I saw leadership. I saw a guy who was getting his swag back and his confidence back and telling guys, let's go, let's move, let's get the job done. Now, granted, if you have a situation where you're fresh on the scene and they're dropping seven to eight guys in coverage, there are going to be some times when you're hesitant to throw the football. And because of that, due to lack of experience more so than anything, that's where it's problematic right now for his game. But in comparison to what he did in Houston and what he did this week, I didn't see, I can't really recall, any balls thrown into the ground or in the grass or the turf, if you will, like we saw the previous week. So there was improvement there as well. But from a leadership standpoint and making plays and starting to get more 
used to the feel and flow of the game, I certainly saw that on an exponential level and not incremental. Now just preview, Deshaun, if you will. Weather's supposed to be a mess Yes. coming up on Saturday. What do you want to see out of him? I want to see him do what he does well, which is move around the pocket off schedule, make plays, create things, because in that type of a weather, in that type of environment, it suits his game. Now the hard part, Ken, is for the guys that you love dearly, and that's the guys in the trenches, the offensive linemen. They are adjusting like no other. They were used to a certain way in the body clock. Okay, Jacoby has a football. The ball is going to be gone. Yeah. One or two seconds. Deshaun, three or four seconds later, they're still blocking or have to. So that's been an adjustment for them as well. But ultimately, I look to see him just do things off schedule, make plays with his feet, and create guys being open by simply just moving around and making it happen. But, yes, we need to see this out of him, how he adjusts to bad weather conditions. Because as we know, around November and sometimes even October, moving forward in the season, you're going to face this if you play for the Cleveland Browns. Browns practice outside earlier today. You think they should practice outside all week? I know yes. you're a proponent. Go ahead. Yes, you, you have to. You have to mirror, unless it's a situation where the wind is blowing 80 miles per hour or something crazy like that to where you can't get anything done productive from a passing standpoint, You then you move inside because you need to get something of production done. But now if the game is going to be that way, then you do go out there and simulate it as well. But my point is is that you always want to put yourself in the conditions that will best prepare you for the game. And as you said, we're expecting rain. We're expecting sleet. We're expecting snow. A lot of bad conditions. So practice in cold weather. Get used to it because you're going to have to play in it. We'll have our galoshes, that's for sure. Third down. Third down. Now for the Browns, they placed JOK on injured reserve. Now four linebackers, Gerard are done for the year, not ideal, especially with who you're playing this week or the question of who you're playing this week. How do you help the linebacker position? <laughs> you really can't help the linebacker position other than one thing, and that is defeating your one-on-one blocks on the defensive line and getting penetration and not creating a situation where they're saying, you know what, guy, you got your guy one-on-one. Let me at my 320-frame self Go hit a guy who weighs 220 or 230 that are our linebackers. The only way you stop that is by the defense and interior in particular kicking you-know-what and getting to the quarterback or getting penetration on the run game in which now you have to compensate for those guys up front as opposed to saying, all right, guard, all right, center, all right, tackle, go block a linebacker on the second level. And we got smaller in frame guys, and they've taken the beating this year. Status of other things to watch out for. A couple of guys didn't practice today. David Bell didn't practice today with a thumb and a toe injury. So the little Ooh. piggies going to the market yeah, that on hurt. David Bell. Both and ends. he's been thrown to a little bit more as the season's gone on there. Uh, Joel Batonio out today because of rest. Uh, today being a Wednesday, of course. Uh, John Johnson, the third, he was limited yesterday with a knee injury. Then he was not practicing today. So a lot of guys getting banged up, Gerard. Well, it's part of the process. You're in week 15. Guys are going to be banged up. This is coming down to the end, but, Ken, this is the thing. You've heard me say this now going on a decade or beyond. Fourth quarter, especially if your team is not winning and you're a player, you better leave a mark. You better leave a, re- a remembrance of why they want to keep you around and why the league wants to keep you in the league and that you can be productive. So right here, even though your team more than likely looks like it's not, or our team rather looks like it's not going to make it to the playoffs, you, as an individual, better make sure that you show up and show out and give this team a reason to want to bring your services back for the following season. Amari Cooper didn't practice Monday, didn't, or excuse me, didn't practice yesterday or today. 
How? What happens to the offense if he's not able to go on Saturday? Well, you lose a, a, a playmaker. You lose a sure-handed guy. You lose a guy who gave it a go last week, though he wasn't feeling quite right, and you can kind of tell that. And so if it is a situation where he's not right, I respect it. I get it. But I do appreciate the fact that on Sunday, with stakes being so high, that he did try to give it a go. Yeah, I mean, you and I both know about Amari. I mean, he's there's no no reason to question. If he's right. going to go, if he can go, he's going to go. Right. We're not he's questioning He's going to be able him. to help out. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I do think it might change things with – and, I, hey, I know David Njoku's been banged up as well. He was limited in practice today. But there could be more reliance on David Njoku, could be more reliance on Donovan Peoples-Jones. And that's why, hey, I want to see what David Bell can do, and I hope he's able to make it out there on Saturday because that would certainly be a look-see on what he's able to do if Amari Cooper can't go. Yeah, exactly. If your last name is Woods, you want to see what you can do. Here's an opportunity for you to get on the football field and make some plays. That's Demetrius right, Michael Felton. Woods. Yes. Here's an opportunity yes. for you to get on the football field and make some plays. Harrison Bryant, step up and make more plays when your number is called, which he, I feel, does. So it's an opportunity for dudes. you got to look at it in that light. You figure like seven to eight attempts are going to go Coop's way. Now they can come your way. Absolutely right about that. Takes us to fourth down. Fourth, fourth down. down. Seems that Tyler Huntley is going to be the quarterback on Saturday. Gerard, he has been fits for defenses last year, this year. Certainly nobody we can go to sleep on, is he not? Oh, not at all. Lamar Jackson light. And I don't mean that as, as no insult when I say that because I can't put him to the same level as the MVP and Lamar Jackson. But Lord knows when he's out there, the offense is extremely similar. And it is the same. It doesn't change. They have the exact same skill sets. Obviously, Jackson brings something more special to the table because of who he is and what he represents at the position. But Huntley can certainly run the offense. He certainly can get the job done. And last year when he first came on the scene replacing Jackson, he put people on notice. Now, granted, he didn't win that many games, but he certainly showed that, hey, I have a skill set that should be taken seriously. Now, one of the questions here says biggest question or biggest difference since the last time these two played each other. I'm going to go ahead and answer first. I'm going to say the Ravens' defense. Now, their Uh offense has been skittish, but their defense is a lot better since the first time these two played. Right. That acquisition from the Chicago Bears plays a part in it as well. Because you look at what they're doing, they're forcing turnovers, they're making plays. The offense has been anemic, to say the least. But you can definitely say the defense has held their end in a bargain and just pretty much said if they can't score and we just get a couple field goals, we're going to win the game. That's really been the case because when you go back and watch the game in which we played against them, Ken, we move the football up and down the field on them. The issue was, once again, issues of discipline, issues of turnovers at the wrong time, which they always are, and penalties at the wrong time, and bad calls that didn't go our way that cost us that game. But, yeah, you're definitely dealing with a more stout defense for the Bears. You're right about that. For the, for the Ravens coming into this game, again, 9-4, and four, and John Harbaugh been doing a good job. Their special team's fantastic. And Calais Campbell, 36 years old, Gerard. Still doing it, yeah. Ages like a fine wine. I mean, one of the monsters there and playing the very physical physical position on that defensive line. Offense 14th overall, turnover differential, a plus nine. Gerard, this offense is going to have to mind their P's and Q's on Saturday. Oh, certainly. You cannot sleep on them, and they're going to try to beat you up front. And on top of that, Froholt has done a tremendous job, Ken, but believe me when I tell you, they're going to try to attack him first and foremost because obviously he's the fourth guy that's called to do that job as being a quarterback of our offensive line and that he plays a center position. So, again, 
what Chicago gave them on Raekwon Smith and what Campbell is doing up front along with Queen and the rest of that crew. These dudes are balling, man, so I got to give them their props. Browns fans, be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. The Twisted Tea tailgate is located on the west side of First Energy Stadium and combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music and food and drink options. The Twisted Tea tailgate is open four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. Coming up in a bit, we'll go around the league. Up next, Nathan Zagura sits down with Browns linebacker Deion Jones. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns kicker Cage York. This is Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. This is John Johnson, and you are listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. Fans, mark your calendars for Face Off on the Lake, presented by Meyer, the first major outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium on February 18th. The Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines right here at First Energy Stadium. Tickets are on sale now. They're starting at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. Coming up in a bit, Gerard and I will go around the league. Right now, let's hear from Browns linebacker, Deion Jones with our very own Nathan Zagura. Joined now by Browns linebacker Deion Jones. And Deion, I remember talking to you a little while ago when you just got here. How's it been kind of the journey getting you to this point now? Uh, the journey's been great. You know what I'm saying? Meeting a lot of people, meeting a lot of my teammates, a lot of people in the building. And, you know, just getting getting acclimated, getting comfortable. It's been great. What was it like to play a full game again? Because that's what you did every single week in Atlanta. And now you did it last week against Cincinnati. Yeah, it was good to get back at it, uh, play a full game, you know, getting all the situations, being out there with the guys, making calls, and getting back into the you know rhythm of things. And that was great, especially, you know, being with, with all the guys that I, you know, built a relationship with so far. In your room, there's been a lot of injuries. Some predated you, and then obviously Taki goes down in Houston. As a veteran in that room, how have you kind of rallied these guys? Because there are a lot of young guys in there who have, who have been forced into playing very meaningful minutes. Just, just keeping them level-headed, keeping them engaged, you know. Uh, got your 12th career interception last week against Cincinnati. What happened on that play? It is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good for a linebacker. What uh, what happened on that play, and, and how did you come up with that one? Uh, that's a big shout-out to uh, J.D., uh, to Clowney, tipped it, you know, getting his hands up, came right to him, you know, that uh, I got the ball, and we got it back to the offense, so it was great. Was that a lateral attempt that you were doing there? It definitely was. <laughs> it definitely was. But, um, you know, just being at the end of the game, trying to, you know, you know make a play. But, you know, definitely was, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, we kept the ball. It's all good. <laughs> it's, it's, that's all that matters. All right, now you get to go against the Baltimore Ravens, and it looks like Lamar Jackson won't play, but if it's Jackson, if it's Huntley, they've got guys who can move. What are the challenges that a mobile quarterback like that presents? You know, you definitely extend the play and, uh, you know, running all over the field. So we just got to, you know, be in our lanes. Uh, be on our coverage and just lock in this week and get some get it taken care of. When a team runs, when their run game is basically all read option, what does that do to you as a linebacker? What are your eyes looking for? How do you try to play those? Um, you know, there's going to be sometimes you know we're going to have to read the quarterback, read the uh, hands, um, instead of transition. But most times, you know, hopefully we get some gap plays where we just be able to get downhill and you know move around. But all in all, just been on our keys and knowing we have the quarterback, knowing when you don't. You've gone against some great tight ends in this league, certainly in your time in the NFC South. Now you get Mark Andrews on Sunday, who is one of the most productive tight ends in the league year in and year out. What, may, what are the challenges he presents? What makes him so effective? 
Uh, he knows how to create separations for him to get the ball. He knows how to, you know, be in Lamar's or, or Huntley's eyes, you know, uh, when it's time. And like I said, just being close to him and making plays on the ball. How good did it feel to be in kind of a – and it was a big game last week, and they're all big games, but that had a nice feel to it, especially in the pregame. And, look, your defense came out. You forced punts on their first four possessions. You almost got to pick on that opening drive, you in particular, against Tyler Boyd there. But what, what did it feel like to get back into that big-time game again? Uh, it'll be dope. You know, we love playing for the big games, and that's what all of us live for. So, you know, getting a big game will be great. Getting back now at home against the Ravens, and for you, an opportunity, as you said, playing every snap, getting out there, getting into the flow of a game. Does that help you, by the way, get a feel for everything as opposed to coming in and out, just kind of get a feel for each and every play? Yeah, for sure. You know, anyone, you know, you, you would like to be out there most of the plays, you know, getting a feel of, you know, what they're doing, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> You know, we had talked earlier about the injuries in there. Well, another one comes down. Jeremiah Wusu-Koromo, our second-round pick the year ago. You got to be around him for a little bit. What was it like playing with JOK, and, and, and what did he bring to the table? Uh, a lot of energy, flying around, you know, um, causing fumbles, just making plays all over the field. So, you know, we definitely going to miss him, but, you know, we got to put on for him while he's away along with the other guys, you know, Ant, um, Sione, and, you know, Jacob. So, you got to keep holding it down for those guys and, you know, give them something to cheer for. Did you ever play that game with him where he tried to make you look this way and that way and all that with JOK? He, he's, he's so good at it. Did you, ever get, did you ever get him? I'm undefeated. And that's why you're Debo. What are you looking forward to being at home against, uh, in front of the crowd again and getting all that work? Uh, it's it's going to be good. You know, get, get to really feel the crowd, you know, uh, have a great fan base and, you know, see how they turn out this weekend. As a veteran, again, you're in this locker room. We know what the odds are. They're not great after that loss in Cincinnati. How do you kind of keep these guys together and, and, and give that leadership? Because one of the things you're brought in for is not only you're playing on the field, but you're a pro bowler. You've got 500 tackle seasons under your belt. You're a leader. Uh, I mean, compete. people who compete want to win. So that's the biggest thing. Like, lock in, compete for these last few games, and let's get after it. Dion, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck on Saturday this week. Saturday, yeah, that's different. Let's do it. Deion Jones with Nathan Zagura. Be a part of the most passionate fan base in the NFL, friends. Join the Brown season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Gerard and I will go around the league when we come back. It's the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Browns fans getting to First Energy Stadium quicker on Saturday with Express Access Presented by Root Insurance. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Plus, each game you use Express Access at First Energy Stadium, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win a Browns autographed item. Go to the Tickets tab of the Browns mobile app to learn more. Gerard, we go around the league with number one. Factor fiction, both the Giants and Jets will miss the playoffs. I am going to say fiction on that. One of these bad boys is going to make it. I think they're both... For the Giants, they're playing above their talent quotient, but I think they'll get, have enough to get by because I can see them beating the Commanders and I can see them beating the Colts because they have two of those teams on their schedule, and I think that will be enough to get them in. I don't think it's going to be the Jets. Really? I don't think it's going to be the Jets. Nah, I really don't. The, the injuries that have happened to them, I, I think the football gods have it in for them. Um, 
Boy, the Patriots, though, this is – see, this is where I have to – I have to say that there is lot there is faulty parts of my logic here mm-hmm. because the Patriots are seventh. Right. Now, they've stacked their wins against under 500 football teams exactly. here, Gerard. Now, let me just mm-hmm. get the schedule out here because, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, he'll always say you beat the teams you're supposed to beat and then the rest will take right. care of itself. If I look at where they're at right now, they're at Las Vegas this weekend, okay? Mm-hmm. Then against Cincinnati, at home against Cincinnati, at home against Miami, on the road against Buffalo. Three straight road opponents for them. For the Jets, I'm looking at the Jets going, injuries catching up with them and a couple of hot teams coming up. <laughs> Versus Detroit, they're playing for their playoff lives. Versus Jacksonville, that's a hot team. Trevor Lawrence is pretty good this year. I don't know if anybody's noticed. Then at Seattle, their backs are against the wall. Then at Miami. And by the time that that game comes up week 18, their backs could be Woo! against the wall, Gerard. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, I, I, I noticed this on Sunday night, and then it got brought up again. I was on the phone with our, my buddy Ryan Wilson from CBS. Because mm-hmm. I thought, I was like, did I notice what I thought I noticed? Because it was Sunday night, it was it was a Chargers game, and I didn't really notice until late. They had heated benches on the sidelines in, in Los Angeles. It was 53 degrees in Los Angeles. <laughs> They're going to Buffalo this weekend. That's going to hurt. And Miami's lost back-to-back games right now, and now mm-hmm. they go to Buffalo. And Buffalo is, I think that I think Josh Allen's playing with an injury right now, so I'm not necessarily sure about Buffalo. But I, I got a weird feeling Miami could lose three in a row by the time this weekend's done, buddy. Right. I can see that happening as well because they're definitely going to collapse. And here's why it's the worst-case scenario for, for Miami from a mentality standpoint because it's all about your mindset. They go into San Francisco. This is a big game. One, you have your head coach going against his mentors. So let's compare minds and see who's now is a student going to surpass the teacher. Answer, no. But the worst part about it all is this. You got out physical by the 49ers. And then go down to L.A. and the Chargers do the same thing to you. So right now, one of the things that you have to be saying to yourself if you are the Dolphins, you're questioning your toughness. And when you're yeah. questioning your toughness in this part of the season and you got heated benches in 53-degree weather, you stand no chance in the 20s and the 30s when you go to Buffalo. So I can see a three-in-a-row collapse. And then at that point you're saying, why are we doing this? We're not ready. That could be going through your mind. And guess what? The past three weeks have shown just that. But it's still a month of football left, Ken, and anything can happen. I'm 53 degrees. They got benches out there. It's 53 degrees in this office, and Gerard will tell you I'm shirtless. I'm shirtless, everybody. I'm not wearing a shirt. No, I'm kidding. I've been a sickly boy over the last month. Are you kidding me? I got to be bundled up here. Um, I, I do think both are going to miss the playoffs. I think they've they're both well coached. Robert Sala's done a tremendous job. You both have quarterback issues for the future. I don't know what I'm, I'd do with with uh, with Zach Wilson. I know what I would do. You get rid of him in a heartbeat Even after just two years. In a heartbeat, my bad teammate, Bo Callahan in real life. (laughs) You have a situation where the players do not respect him. They're not going to block for him. They're not going to give full. It's just the truth, Ken. It's nothing against him. I don't have any issues with him. It's just the truth. The truth is if your teammates don't like you, they don't respect you more importantly because the like part can get over with, but they don't respect you even more so. Good luck winning the hearts of men to fight for you well, and you to block have... for you and to provide for you what's needed yeah. to succeed as a quarterback. It's not going to happen. 
Unless he changes, he has to ingratiate himself to them. They got it. Well, you know this. I mean, again, you've been in the locker room, but just the, the historian in me, they got to they respect you. It doesn't matter if they like you. Dan Fouts will tell you all about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody liked Dan Fouts in them locker rooms in San Diego, but they all but respected him. Respected him. They all respected him. So, yeah, I, man, I, what would you do with Daniel Jones? Uh, he's, he's in a bind, too. Uh, he's I, up I, and down. He's been injured. I can't pay him a lot Brian of money, Dable's done a good job. I know. I, I got I to gotta go get I gotta get, I gotta go get. a bridge quarterback. That's what I got to get. Or, and you I got to get a quarterback. You want to know something? A friend of mine was talking to me. Now, this, uh, this is on no authority at all. None. This is friendship talking, okay? A mm-hmm. buddy of mine. What about Lamar next year to the New York cool. Giants? I would bet. What do they have to offer? To I'm, give not, I'm not a front office personnel person. I can say anything I want within yeah. reason. Um, I'm not sure what the because I, I don't know. I think Lamar held I, out. I promise they're gonna win. Not, not if held he's there. out, but <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm. I I like Lamar. I respect Lamar. Um, I don't want to say I'm a fan of Lamar just because the Browns are getting ready to play the Ravens, but you can read between the I think lines. You respect talent yeah. with this dude, dog. Yeah, yeah I, I, I I've been. A, I I like Lamar in college. I like Lamar in the pros. I, I think that he is a, is a great weapon, and I think he's an all-around good player. I do think there are some problems, but I also think that Greg Roman has – I don't think Greg Roman's done a great job of helping him out. Uh, that all said, I'd love to see a guy like Brian Dayball work with him. I'd mm-hmm. like to see maybe a, a, a second-year Mike Kafka with him in that offense in New York. I'd like to see Lamar Jackson out of the division – but there's a lot of things that we can talk about there, and it's not just that. I, I think that I, I think Brian Dayball's matured a lot as a, as an NFL coach, as a football coach in general, since he was here so many years ago. I think he's done a good job. I, I think it will be interesting to see all those guys together. But no, a long answer and a very long answer. I just don't see either of those teams uh, making the playoffs. But I think they both made tremendous strides, and I think the Jets are a dangerous football team next year because they've drafted very, very well. The Giants, you know, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, Despite their big contracts, who's back next season for the Arizona Cardinals? Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, either, neither, or both? I'm going to say either because I think Kyler's definitely back because they they got to pay him. They can't get Uh rid of him. The ramifications are too great. Cliff, I can see getting the heave-ho, and, heck, the GM just left just today – Said that he had some medical issues that he had a job. And here's the thing that always gets me, and correct me if I'm wrong, I could be, but if I'm not mistaken, What's that? all three have the same agents. Well, all, that's true, and all three, I believe. I'm not sure about Steve Kimes' contract, but I know that Cliff Kingsbury has an extension, and I'd, obviously we all know that Kyler Murray has an extension. And I believe Steve got one as well. So, so <laughs> <laughs> So good luck with I that will situation. Say, yeah, there's a lot of hemming and hawing here. If I were the Cardinals, I mean, flat out, I've never been a fan of Cliff Kingsbury. I'm just going to say it. Hey, man, that's my former um, teammate, y'all. Uh, hey, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. I, I, I wish you could You got to admit, better, though, he does have swag, though, right? Congratulations. He knows how to dress. <laughs> and and and, uh, and furnish your home. Yeah. If I ever need an interior decorator, I'll call him up. If I ever need a head coach, I'm calling someone else. There it is. I said what I said. I meant what I said. I really would say neither, to be honest with you. I wouldn't have signed Kyler Murray to all that money. I don't know why they did. I mean, I would have done it in the first place. I don't know kid. why they I mean, did. They were tripping yeah. to do oh, it. Oh, you agree with me on that? Oh, I totally agree with you on that. Why Thank would you, you. give a guy $150 million 
dang guaranteed. He's getting that no matter what. And you and know. Drag his name through the mud. Drag his name through the mud. And you have these things called pads in which you can, you can gather how much a guy is studying when they're opening that pad up to look at their playbook and to study film and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. you know it. So what pressure was put upon you to give this guy a new contract? It makes no sense to me. So whoever this agent is for these three guys, the GM, Kime, and then Kingsbury, and then Murray, you are truly the owner and the president, in my mind, of the Arizona Cardinals. You're the <laughs> one pulling all the strings because somewhere, somehow, you figured out a way to do something they had no business doing, giving extensions to guys who hadn't proven themselves. Right about that, we move on with the Cowboys signing veteran free agent wide receiver T.Y. Hilton. The Bills bringing back Cole Beasley earlier this week. Are there any teams still interested in signing OBJ? <laughs> not really because obviously nope. that speaks to the idea that he's not right. He's not ready because you make that move because you think a guy is not going to be able to help contribute. And do you really want to bring a guy in the midst of an NFC, AFC divisional game or wild card game or a championship or in a Super Bowl, hey, Odell, come in for a game. It ain't going to work. So I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I don't have anything against Odell, but, I mean, I, I, I these teams are needy for wide receivers. I think somebody would have given them a chance by now. Uh, fact or fiction, the 49ers are the second-best team in the NFC. I don't even have to hesitate. That's a fact. Much They will beat the Dallas Cowboys, who were for the longest time in my power ranking, the second-best team in the NFC. But I think if they were to play the Cowboys and 49ers with Purdy at the helm, as long as he does, the, do what he does what he's been doing, which is not making mistakes, they're winning that football game because that defense is too stout, too good, and too consistent. They don't beat themselves like the Cowboys are capable of doing. Now, no one in my mind in the NFC comes close to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I love the Eagles. You want to know why I love the Eagles? Why is that? Because they do things the right way. They take training camp the way you're supposed to take it and approach it, in that you work hard in it. That was a mic drop. We still got to keep talking. I'm sorry. That was good stuff. No, I agree with you. I agree. Don't look at me like that. I agree with you. I Don't be mad. Don't be mad at me. They were road warriors during camp. They went on the road to Cleveland and to Jacksonville. Preach it. And Miami. They were on the road twice. The whole time. They were just on the road. They should have worn the spiked shoulder pads. They were true road warriors. It was incredible. Uh, final one, who wins the NFC South? Uh, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. Steve wow. Wilkes is letting it be known. He's like, hey, ownership, the organization is tanking, but guess what? These guys in here, we're not tanking. We're trying to win football games. And guess what they're doing? You know they're what? football games. I remember <laughs> I got – I remember when I was – that's right. I, I can go back to my notes and I can find it. I got really surly with the Cardinals for firing Steve Wilkes after one year. I'm going to root for Steve Wilkes. I want the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to pick him to win. I'm going to root for uh. him. It doesn't matter. I'm going to root for him. And that is around the league. Spirited as always. I think that's what we're supposed to do. Connors, he give me the wrap-up sign? I don't know if Connors give me the wrap-up sign. I can't see him either. He's listening on a delay. He's, like, just kind of looking and giving, like, a thing. There we go. All right. Coming up next, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan. It is the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. 
Browns-Ravens coming up Saturday at 4.30 p.m. The man on the call, Jim Donovan, and he joins us right now on the hotline. Jim, thanks for joining us. Nice to be with you, Ken and Gerard. Before we get ready for the Ravens, got to look back at that game against Cincinnati. I, Gerard said it all unfolded with the bad special teams play and things just kind of went on from there. What's the way you saw it? Yeah, I think Gerard's right. I really do. I really thought, Ken, uh, the Browns, um, and mostly their defense, I had the Bengals kind of scuffling, and they had Joe Burrow kind of really scuffling because he was without T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, his tight end. So he had Jamar Chase, and, you know, that was one guy, and that's a very difficult guy to cover. But, uh, you know, he didn't have a lot of options, and I thought the Browns were really had them kind of off schedule and floundering. And then a play like that really just turns everything around. I mean, you go from having a possession probably near midfield to not getting the ball at all and committing 58 yards in penalties on that drive, and and they get a touchdown and, and take the lead. And I really think the lead in that game to get the first points in that game was very, very important. And Jim, when you look at our roster and you compare it to Cincinnati, and it's fair to say that the Bengals are a Super Bowl caliber football team because obviously they were there last season and they look like they're on their way back to it. But when you compare rosters, I don't walk away from experience saying that their roster from a talent standpoint is better than ours. So in your mind, what is the issue? Well, I I just think this, Gerard, I I really think – that uh, I, I worry right now, I really do, and it, and it kind of hit me Sunday as we walked out of there, that um, certain teams have really you know, generated a great deal of excitement. The Bengals being right at the top of the list, but there are some other teams that have really kind of passed us by right now. Miami has kind of gotten their act together. You look at the Lions, not that we compete against them, but, I mean, they're starting to really turn the corner. There are some other teams, too. Jacksonville looks like they've really caught fire. Those were the Browns of a couple of years ago when we caught fire and made the playoffs, and I just felt at that point that this was going to be an annual thing and we were going to be in the playoff field and we were going to be hosting playoff games and winning playoff games because I just felt uh, we had broken through the barrier, broken through the wall, and we were young and we were going to get better. Now, the getting better part, I'm not seeing enough of that. We're either stalled or some of these young players that we expected to improve at a rate where we would be a very, very competitive team right now, they have either slowed on that improvement or it is just not happening. Are we starting to see the same thing we did a few years ago with Alex Mack when he got hurt with the offensive line? I, I know that Yelda Froholt's doing his best, but it yeah. just has not been the same at that center position or really across the O-line since Ethan Postick got hurt. Yeah, I think so, Ken. I really do. And, you know, Posick did a great, great job. He really did. Um, and, you know, they were getting the fruits of that. I mean, that's when that running game uh, was doing fine. Posick was doing a very good job. Um, I would have assumed that Nick Harris probably would have done a good job if he hadn't gotten hurt in Jacksonville in the first preseason game. But when you're into your fourth center, that's a real problem. And I think the Bengals took full advantage of that with those two big guys inside, B.J. Hill, D.J. Reader, memo to the Browns. You might, you might want to try and get defensive tackles like that that can play that way because it's very, very effective. And I, I think right now, Ken, I think the Browns' offensive line is limping to the finish line physically and, you know, yeah. and, and maybe even in quality of play, but definitely physically. I think Teller is 
you know, kind of just pulling along with a bad cap. I think, you know, Conklin is hurt. Jed Wills has not been the Jed Wills that we expected. He falls into that young player not improving at the rate that we expected. And really the guy that's the centerpiece is Joel Batonio. But uh, that offensive line is a shadow of what we expected it to be. And speaking of what we expected to be, what did you think of Deshaun Watts' performance? I felt it was much better improvement than the previous week. What say you? Yeah, I thought so. I really did. Um, you, you know, Gerard, the first drive of the game, he was three for three mm-hmm. until we went, for the, you know, for that fourth down play. Um, you know, I, I look at it, and you're paying the guy $230 bucks. Uh, it's not like he's 310 pounds and has a beer belly, and he can't move around, and you don't think he's going to get the yard. He's a pretty athletic guy that he might get the one yard, too. I like my chances with him being on the field and after all i think that's that's the whole venture now in these final games is to get him as much playing time as he possibly can having said that i really thought he looked better i thought there were longer periods in the game where he seemed to be in sync and in rhythm but there are i think he's still playing at a preseason level and it's a mismatch right now he's playing against teams that are playing in game you know 14 of the season. That will be what the Ravens will be doing on Saturday. That's that's a big gap. You know, it's such a good point, Jim, because you know, before when it was a sixteen game schedule we said it now we say it especially when it's a seventeen game schedule where that first month and especially those first couple of weeks, boy, they get real sloppy because you don't have a lot of guys playing during the preseason. Guys are getting together, so you really don't know what you have and maybe we're starting to see that again with the offense as Deshaun Watson takes over. Is there a worry at all about the weather on Saturday? Because it's it's going to be nasty, and Deshaun, I know he's got to get used to it, but he, this is early in his first season with the Browns, and it's going to be cold. It could be windy and snowy and everything on Saturday. Yeah, welcome to your new home. Welcome to your new stadium. <laughs> it, you, you remember when he was, uh, like, interviewing all the teams, uh, you know, the, when there were four teams, like, involved in the chase to get him? And everybody was talking about what's what's going to be important. Well, money will be important, obviously. But number two will be, can the team win? And we felt like we were good there. And number three was, geographically, was it going to be suitable? Was he going to be able to play in warm weather because he's from the South? And was he going to be able to play in it? Or was he going to be able to play in a dome? And that's when we originally thought, uh-oh, we're eliminated from this. Uh, but the money turned everything around, obviously, in his case. Can I really do believe that, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, that will be interesting to see how he plays in this weather. Uh, you know, it's going to be, he's going to have to adapt to it because once Thanksgiving comes every season, uh, this is what you have a very, very good chance of getting on a Sunday afternoon or like we're doing this week, a Saturday afternoon. You're right about that because, I, Jim, I don't know. I don't know how it'll turn out on Saturday, but if he plays well, I could kind of go, okay. You know, let's get ready for 2023. I could, uh, he, he can play well in the, in, the, in the bad weather. He's going to see bad weather here. We're good to go. Jim, can't wait to listen to you on Saturday afternoon. We'll talk to you on Saturday morning during Browns game day. Will do. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. You as well. Jim Donovan, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, joining us on the hotline. When we come back, Gerard and I will put the finishing touches on things and tell you about what's coming up on Thursday evening this week as we get you ready for Saturday afternoon football, the Browns and Ravens from First Energy Stadium. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. 
This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. It all starts high noon on Saturday, Browns game day with myself and Gerard Cherry. 2 p.m., the Cleveland Browns kickoff show with Andy Baskin, Tyvis Powell, and I. And then 4.35, that's what it says here, 4.35 kickoff with Jim, Nathan, and Gerard from First Energy Stadium. Gerard, we got the Kevin Stefanski show coming up on Thursday night at 7 all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Jadevian Clowney going to be joining you and Nathan Zagura as you guys get ready for Saturday's matchup against the Ravens. Gerard, what are we looking for in this matchup on Saturday against the Ravens, buddy? Well, I'm really looking for guys to compete. Obviously, you still have a minimal chance of making it to the playoffs, but beyond that, four games left. Do you want to be a part of the solution, or are you going to be diagnosed as the problem? And this is where we find out. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Who's going to go out there and play winning football, play disciplined football, go out there and do what's necessary to win the football game, and obviously to see how Deshaun Watson responds in adverse weather conditions. I'm looking for all of that. Now, what type of quarterback could we see or what type of situation could we see if it's Anthony Brown? I mean, I, I don't know much about Anthony Brown, other than he, I, I knew he went to Oregon. I forgot that he, he spent a few years at, at Boston College, but they were able to win the football game against Pittsburgh last Sunday, so they're still right in the thick of things. I mean, they're trying to get to the playoffs over there in Baltimore. Oh, they certainly are, and they're doing the things necessary, and they've always been this way, Ken, if you think about it. They do it ugly, but they get there. Now, when they get to the playoffs, <laughs> they generally get stomped out because the offensive firepower simply is not there. You know, that's... But- Man, I'm sorry, but you notice this. You just you just said it. In this division, like the Bengals, if it's not going well, you can get them. But with the Steelers and Mike Tomlin, who's been around, what, 17 years now, it mm-hmm. seems, I think, and John Harbaugh, who's been now there over a decade, I think it's been 12, I want to say, they'll slop games up and win them, won't they? Yes, they will. No I problem mean, they with will. It. They, they like, have I don't no care. problem. Win. I don't care how we do it. Just win. And they Both do. those teams, and, and you look across the league, I, I don't know if I see a couple of teams in the AFC who are more than willing to, to just pull everybody down in the gutter with them and get a win the way that those two teams can do it. And so that makes it very difficult. Now, I know it's different now with the Steelers because they don't have Ben Roethlisberger there anymore, but there's a lot of teams where if they're not humming, if, if you upset them, if you get them out of their run fits and things like that, you can get them. And, and I'll, I'll include Kansas City in there. And right. Kansas mm-hmm. City's a great football team. But you look at the Ravens, they are just this this swamp thing right. that will come up and get you. Yeah, yeah and they'll care. come up and yeah. they'll slop up a football game and they'll win at 10-9. And it's a W in their book. They don't care. <laughs> so the Browns have their work cut out for them on Saturday, buddy. Are you going to be wearing your galoshes? <laughs> Please be believe it. <laughs> you know it. I have no you shame know, in it. You can always pick out Gerard because he's the best-looking man on the sideline. I'll tell you that right now. It used to be Nathan. Nathan wore some fine suits. I mean, Nathan Nathan just – Nathan looks sloppy compared to you. I mean, he looks like me compared to you. That's how Nathan looks. It's, it's terrible compared to you. You look outstanding. You can walk for Gerard on the sideline coming up on Saturday, 12 p.m. Browns game day. Gerard and I, 2 p.m. The Browns kickoff show, 435 kickoff. Jim, Nathan, Gerard on the sideline at First Energy Stadium. Of course, you'll be able to hear the Kevin Stefanski show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network Thursday night. Coach, as well as 
Genevion Clowney joining Nathan and Gerard. A big thanks to Jason Gibbs and Meredith Kane and Connor Lawrence. For my good buddy Gerard Cherry, I'm Ken Carmen. Thank you for listening to the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Join us next week for more behind-the-scenes Browns news from Berea. We always look at each game as how do we win this game and what does this game call for. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Hi-ha!